Hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Midnight Movie Confessionals. I am your host, Scott Betson. Sadly, today, I am alone. I've had two podcasts with a good friend of mine, Moss Whalen, which will be released very soon after this has been recorded. This is going to be about the 1987 film, Jackie Brown, the third film entry from the acclaimed director of his time during this time frame Mr. Quentin Tarantino this film is based on a scre- uh, based on the book Rum Punch by Elmer Leonard it basically follows the same sort of plot that the book follows but instead of it being set in Miami and being in the Bahamas for the most part it is now set in LA with the flight like with the a few things and a little bit of Mexico as well for the other side of the plot. But the other side of it as well is that there's a few things that have been uh, changed around. Instead of be, being the protagonist be called Jackie Burke, her name is Jackie Brown. The title of the movie. And it stars Robert De Niro, Bridget Fonda, Robert Forrester, rest in peace, Michael Keaton, Samuel L. Jackson, and Pam Greer. It stars Pam Greer as the flight attendant Jackie Brown, who, like I mentioned, is Jackie Book and Jackie Burke in the mo- in the book. And uh, to celebrate the life of Robert Forrester and the review of this movie, I am having a rum punch right now, which is a little bit of rum, a little bit of Crown Royal Vanilla Whiskey. The rum that I chose was Lemon Heart and Sons Blackpool Spice Rum. And a little bit of cherry juice for Max Cherry, one of the characters in the film and the book. And uh, more or less, the recipe for this will probably be something I will talk about on a different podcast if I do make one about cocktails, which I don't think will ever happen. But if I want, want to make one about cocktails based, like made, like based on books or whatever, like inspired by them, then I'll make one about that, but that's a different story for a different time, ladies and gentlemen, this is about the movie, Jackie Brown, which was, again, based on the book, Rum Punch, and, uh, basically, it follows Jackie Brown, the flight attendant, working for a made-up company known as Cabo Air, because she's a flight attendant for this company, like, this flight, this, um, air traveling company, like, that basically goes and, um, basically it's just a simple, cheap-ass little, pl- like, company that, uh, basically lets you go down to Cabo San Lucas in Mexico, where, or, like, and this is basically what she does, she's just basically a flight attendant for this air flight company, like, airline, I don't know how, like, I'm, I'm tired today, it's been a long couple days, but, uh, I digress. Basically, she's doing that, and she is played by Miss Pam Greer, who's amazing in it. And what's and she's just doing this as an everyday thing. There's Louis Guerra and Ordell Roby, played by Robert De Niro and Samuel L. Jackson, respectively, as well as Melanie. I can't remember her last name, but she's played by Bridget Fonda. She's a bit of a beach bunny of sorts. While Louis Guerra is an ex-convict who just came out of jail just four days ago at the beginning of the story and Ordell Roby is a gunrunner. But basically Jackie is a flight attendant for Cabo Air who also adds more money to her uh, 
like uh, what she gets by helping Ordell smuggle in her, in his money from gun running. And one day she's just doing it like she just does her normal stuff. She's coming back from a flight from Cabo San Lucas back to LAX. She gets stopped by ATF agent Ray Nicolette and I can't remember John Dargus, I think, of the LAPD. I'll look this up quickly just to double check, like a quick fact check. I believe it was, if I recall correctly, it was something, it was like something, Detective Dargus, and the other one was Ray Nicolette. I'm going to take a look quickly. Okay. Ray Nicolette and Mark Dargus, that was it. And, uh, Melanie's last name was Ralston, apparently, but, uh, that's that's whatever. Basically, she gets busted with $50,000 of Ordell Roby's cash by Detective Dargus and uh, Ray Nicolette of the ATF, Agent, Agent Nicolette. And she more or less has to go down to the station and talk with them and more or less say, where'd you get, where'd you get this money from? Who's it for? All this crap. Because she more or less knows she has to declare over, like, she has more than 10000 that she's bringing in. She has to declare it. She doesn't want to because it's not her money. So she basically has to go through all this crap and they have to go through her bags again. They did it before where they saw the bag, the manila envelope of that. And uh, more or less they're doing that. And then they find cocaine in her in the manila envelope, I guess, as well. And she has no idea that it was there. So she's sent to county for a couple of days. Meanwhile... Ordell, Roby, Lewis, and Melanie are just um, hanging out at Melanie's apartment in, uh, I don't know where, Hermosa Beach, I think, or Redondo Beach, I don't know, it's one of the two areas around uh, LA, she just, they're all hanging out watching this stupid chicks who love guns sort of infomercial of sorts that Ordell kind of, like, shows his clients and more or less thinks he's like a... He's a top-notch gun expert because he knows all this shit that he knows from TV, basically. But one, like, he gets a phone call from one of his, uh, I guess, associates named Beaumont Livingston, who's played by Chris Tucker. So he finds out that his friend is in jail and he wants to go bail him out. He goes to Max Cherry, played by Robert Forrester, rest in peace, buddy, who uh, is a bail bondsman. And, uh... Ooh, 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 I strong. Maybe I put too much rum and whiskey in there. Not enough mix, but whatever. They go visit him. Lewis and like uh, Ordell go visit him. Get them, uh, get him bailed out. And uh, when he, when uh, Beaumont is back home, Ordell knocks on his place and says, "Hey, I need you to do me a favor. Come with me." And more or less, he does this. Like he attempts to, like, pretty much, he's just tying up a loose end because he spent ten thousand dollars on an idiot, basically, who is from Tennessee or whoever has. Like, he has. He's had priors before. Like all, of, like all the people that are in this movie, with the exception of Max, Ray, and Mark Dargus, all three are the only ones that are realistically the most cleanest of them all. While everyone else has had a criminal record, I guess. I don't know. All he knows is that they're going on. He goes and bails them out. And 
Ordell Roby, played by Simeon L. Jackson, like I mentioned, goes to talk to Beaumont. He says, hey, I need you to do me a favor. Come with me. Tells him He tells him to pretty much go into the fucking trunk of the car. Sorry for swearing, but he tells him to go into the trunk of the car and that he'll only be in there for 10 minutes. And when he wants to back up, he pops it. He pops him, like he pump, he pops a couple bullets into Beaumont's chest and then takes off. Like pretty much just makes it so that he's found dead. And this is at, like all the while that Jackie's being interrogated. She goes to jail for a little bit. And she gets bailed out again after a couple days later. She gets bailed out a couple days after Beaumont's been shot. And Ordell goes visit Max goes and visits Max again to bail her out with the same money and all that. And um, she does, like uh, Max decides to take her over to a bar that's kind of near her house. They they talk about everything that's gone on and what her options might be as like what she could do to figure out the situation. And well, while that's happening. Ordell decides when he sees her come back home, they, he tries to stop by and, I guess, try and, a, try and kill her because he knows he can tie up another loose end when she's smart and, like, is smarter than that. Says, hey, what the fuck are you doing around this shit, motherfucker? Like, she does some shit where she stops him from doing that. She says, hey, I want an escrow account in my name because I'm having to help you and help out the feds. If I get fucked over, I want $100,000 in my name or another if I have to go for more than two, like, more than a year. And all this crap. So she basically is starting to play everyone for mon- like for the money that Ordell has in Mexico, which is around five hundred thousand dollars. So she, like the next day, she has like uh, Max comes over and says, "Hey, you had my gun last night. Do you still have it?" And that sort of thing. They start talking. And then she decides to go talk to uh, Dargus and Nicolette and saying, "Hey, I want to go back to work." Because I know I've been in jail for a couple days. I want to go back to work so I'm not... I don't, I'll have to start again. Because she's a flight attendant. She wants to at least have... Stay with work. But she says... If you allow me to leave the country and do my job... I can help you get Ordell Roby. Because she didn't say that she knew him. And all this crap. And... They go through all that process. As that's going on... Ordell is getting ready to do another big deal... Where he's going to get another half mil set up and while that's going on max is just helping out jackie while she's working for the feds in a sense while doing her job she talks to ordell saying hey i got something for you then like after she's talked to the atf and whatnot is able to go back to work i got an idea to help you get back like because they want only the money they want to catch you with guns but they'll like sell with your money i want to help you get all your money out but we gotta do it my way she tries to get it sorted out where that can happen, but this is a movie. Like we all know how shit is gonna go on. Shit goes wrong the first time, and I guess one of the characters, Simone, I believe her name is Simone Hawkins. I think it was. I can't remember. It wasn't really uh, mentioned, but basically, she helps out with. Um, the whole situation and whatnot is just so goofballish. It's just, oh my goodness, I don't know how to... Like, it gets... Like, halfway through this film, it starts to be more like, 
okay, this is going to happen, that's going to happen. Like, everyone's trying to get this half a million dollars from Ordell, who wants to keep it for himself. So if he gets another $500,000, he can retire. He wants to retire with a million dollars in his pocket. But the ATF are closing in on him while Max is helping out Jackie, who's helping out the feds, who are trying to get Ordell. And Melanie and Lewis are kind of like in between this, wanting to say, hey, let's take the money ourselves. And this whole sort of thing. By the time the actual real exchange does happen, she's put in $50,000 in a manila envelope that's going to be for the real money exchange because they tried to do a trial run where it was just 10000 But one of the people that Ordell, in a sense, hired to help set it up, took the money and ran and, and just disappeared. So in turn, they do all this where they're going to do that. They do the real exchange. She has five hundred fifty thousand, but she only is showing fifty thousand to Dargus, and he says, "You are now officially off the hook. You're completely free." When she goes to do this, it's at the Del Amo Mall in California. I don't know if it's still a mall that's still around to this day. I could be very well wrong. I'm going to take a look quickly, ladies and gentlemen. I don't normally do this, but I'm going to take a look. Del Amo. Fashion Center, okay, it still is apparently around, and it's been around for 58 years, Jesus, and it's in the city of Torrance, California, so it's still technically around, but it's not really, I'm not sure, I don't know if it's still really the same anymore, when it was back in the 90s, it could have actually gotten a little bit of reno and whatnot and just become something else, but I don't know. Never really been to this place before. I haven't really, like... But I know one thing is for certain about this movie. I remember when I first saw it, I really liked the beginning. And I remember getting the soundtrack when I first saw this movie a couple years back. And using the song Across 110th Street to replicate the intro that is in this movie. For when I went to on a uh, trip a couple years back. But that's beside the fact. What is going on? It's a different story for a different day, like I mentioned before. Anything in the past is in the past. I'm not going to talk about it now. I'm not going to chronicle that. But that's whatever. So basically, Lewis and Melanie are going to go do like go to the exchange. Like it pretty much goes into four different uh, setups. Like we have multiple people doing this and that. Like how they're going to go to the mall for the actual exchange, except for the ATF guy and the LAPD officer. Like, they never really show how they're going to get there themselves. It's mostly focused on Lewis and Melanie, who are going to the mall, Max and Jackie, while Ordell is kind of hanging back in a strip club, just doing whatever, because he knows the ATF is surveilling him. So he's just hanging out there while everything else is going on. He'll have Lewis and Melanie pick him back up, and then they'll do whatever they need to and take off. But the way it goes down is that Jackie goes to the mall into this place called Billingsley, buys a suit. Um, basically, she buys a suit with her own money. And while she's doing that, Melanie comes in, takes the money from her that she's meant to take. And I guess she only gave Melanie 40 grand with a cherry on top, which was another 10 of the actual 50 grand that she put into, like, and she's just stuffed into her shorts. More or less saying, what the fuck did Ordell ever do for us? That was what she said to Melanie. Saying, I put a trigger on the top. Booyah! What the fuck did Ordell ever do for us, huh? Like, she does it like that. They take off. 
Lewis gets into a pissy argument with her. Just they start getting into an argument and they just he shoots her, shoots Melanie dead, and takes off. Goes to meet Ordell. Meanwhile, the Jackie side of it all, she goes, pays off for her suit and then takes off and uh, it says, Ray, 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 come out, Ray. Melanie just came out of nowhere, burst in the dressing room and took the money and ran off. I don't know what happened. And she tries to play it dumb. Meanwhile, Max, who's been kind of like stealthily playing around in the background, helping Jackie out while she's doing this thing for the ATF, he actually sees, like, actually knows that Jackie's going to leave something for her behind, so she he can pick it up and bring it back to his office, more or less, so she can kind of, like, when it's time, when everything's settled down, she can take the money and go her separate way without, with or without him. And the difference is in the book is, while this is all in L.A. in the movie, in the book, it's all in Miami and the Bahamas, for the most part. And it has mostly the same characters, except for the difference is Dargus is working for the federal department, like the Florida Department of Law Enforcement, and there's an axe, and there's a scene where he gets shot by some random jack boy that Ordell has hired, who does a lot of stuff to get his gun running stuff out of the way, because they, they kind of go more detail in the gun running in the book than they could in the movie. But that's beside the well, fact. They kind of do that, and then there's whatever, all this crap that goes on in that one. Some of the same stuff still happens in the movie as it does in the book, but it doesn't play out as well. Like, I just wanted to point that out in case anyone does decide to go read the book by Elmore Leonard, which is very, very good. If you are a fan of Elmore Leonard's movies, like, technically the movies that have been, that are actually based on his books, like, Get Shorty or Be Cool, I recommend Run Run Punch, but different story for a different time. I, uh, I do remember in this movie, there was also this one scene where after Max has taken it, they've taken it, he's listening to the Delphonics, which has kind of played a lot in this movie, in a sense, but that's beside the fact, again, I was only remembering that just briefly. So basically, after Lewis has met up with Ordell. He's asking, what happened to Melanie? Lewis says he shot her. You shot Melanie? He says he shot her twice and whatever. They talk. And then they find out that Jackie's kind of ripped this off. Like they ripped them, like she's ripped them off. Ordell in a furious rage is like saying, you didn't really, you didn't notice. You didn't know. You saw Max Cherry in there and you're like not suspicious of him being there. We're about to get all my money in the fucking world. Like, he's, he's screaming mad. He's swearing like that. Like, he's getting all this angry crap out of the way. And he's saying, hey, you're getting all this. You know this is all my money, right? And you're letting this dude take it from me? Are you kidding me? Like, he's basically just going in such a livid mood that it's just not even worth it to kind of explain. But it's a weird thing that happens. But that's how it happens in the book. Well, not in the book. And the movie, too. But... When it goes on, he does that. He does this and that. Um, what else does he do? Uh, yeah, Lewis gets shot by Ordell. Shoot, like Ordell shoots him twice, saying, "Hey, you know all these like uh, Bosmans are all crooked as hell, don't you?" He gets all pissy, calls up Mister Walker, and saying, "Hey, I need help. I need your help right now." 
Mr. Walker can't help him, yada, 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 and he gets all furious and whatnot and decides to call up Max's office, see where he's at, and uh, finds out, oh, Jackie got off, eh? I know you helped her out, Max. I want my money, and I want her to give me the money in person and whatnot, so he decides to go through all this crap. Max tells him, hey, I'll give you the refund of the $10,000 originally that you put onto Beaumont to Jackie in person. He does that. They, they go to the office after she like, she answers the phone after he calls, saying, yeah, I'll be here. And, and while she does that, she sets up Ordell because he, she calls up uh, Ray, who's coming over to help out with the situation. So in case he does actually have a gun, he can shoot him dead. Because after she's been interrogated, she more or less says, Hey, this is what happened. Hey, I didn't, I don't know what the fuck happened at all. Because she was getting interrogated after uh, Ray came by. We was wondering why she was wearing a suit and whatnot. And just says, I hope I find Odell before he finds you. So basically that happens. When they get to the, when Max and Odell get to the office, it's, they're all, it's all in the dark. She notices that uh, Odell's got a gun. She screams, Ray, she, he's got a gun! Shoot, like, Ray shoots him dead and says, okay, glad that he's, it's over now and all this. A couple days later, um, Jackie got something in the mail, goes back to Max's office with uh, Ordell's Beamer that he had, that had the registration and all that, and the glove box, keys underneath the seat, all that, and uh, yeah, she's saying she's going to fly off to Spain, head off to Madrid, wants Max to join her. Because she also got all the money, minus Max's 10% as a bail bondsman. And he's been saying throughout part of this movie that he's going to retire anyways. He's getting out of the business. And he's too old for it. He doesn't want to be a part of it anymore. And you know what? I respect him for that. But he decides to uh, stay behind. Instead, answers the phone after they passionately kiss. And uh, after he sees Jackie kind of taking off. He kind of regrets the decision of not joining her. And he just asks if he could be excused, whatever. And then probably the saddest part of the movie is when the song Across 110th Street by uh, Bobby Womack kind of comes into play and kind of comes around in a sense full circle for the movie. Like it kind of comes around. It starts it and then ends the movie. And it just has like Max kind of just saying, what did I do? Why the fuck did I do that? Why did I not join her? When he could have. But he didn't. And uh, it has Jackie kind of singing the song kind of somberly. Like, she's kind of sad that he's not joining her either. And it's like, that's just how it ends. It ends on a... I don't know if it's a sad tone, but... Overall, it ends in a tone that's not the best, if I'm honest. But this movie is a classic. This is one of my favorite Tarantino films. It's up there with like all of his movies are great. I'm not the big. I'm not a super diehard fan where I think he's the best of all time. There's nothing but him. No, 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 not like that. He's great, but this is one of his. Like I would say, this is the only movie I could say never really gets mentioned by people that love his movies. They always talk about like Kill Bill or Pulp Fiction or Reservoir Dogs or uh, Death Proof or Glorious Bastards or Django Unchained. They don't really talk about. Jackie Brown much. It feels like it's the only one that wasn't really made by him, but it was. But it's one of those movies. It came out 22, no, yeah, 22 years ago. It's a classic to this day. 
Ooh. Ooh. It's a classic. I like it. It's one of those movies that never, ever just never lets go. Like, it never finds a way to just let itself go and just be itself. Then again, that's a good thing about this movie. I like it for that reason, but overall, I had to give this movie a rating on the out of 10. Not on the Bebop skill or anything like that, ladies and gentlemen, but just general rating. I'd have to give this one a solid... Mm, I'd have to give it a 9 out of 10. I'd have to really give it a solid 9 out of 10. It is one of my favorite movies by Quentin Tarantino. It is the only one I could say... I could probably have in the background just playing in the background randomly and I'll sit down and watch it even if I'm not really paying attention much I will sit down and watch this movie with friends or whatever like even if it's on in the background and I'm just doing some household chores or something like that I'll still find a, a moment or two to try and sit down and watch it and pay attention to it because it does have some moments where it's like wow but these are my closing thoughts about it like I mean there isn't much else to say about it. If you've never seen this one, like you've never seen Jackie Brown, and you're interested in checking it out, my advice is do so. If you have seen it, then good job. Listen to this review, listen to my thoughts about it. But I would also recommend you to read the book after you've seen the movie, if you really want to, or you could read the book and then see the movie. Or the choice is yours, really. I read the, I saw the movie before I read the book, but I knew it was based on a book beforehand, anyways. So, it's up to you guys. What you want to do is in your hands. But I will say right now, I am going to leave you guys behind. I'm going to leave you guys now with this closing thought of, uh, well, it's a great movie. It's worth the watch, and quite frankly, I'm gonna. Miss Robert Forster. This was actually did this review. I'm gonna say since there's spoilers ahead, I forgot to mention that all these spoilers. I'm gonna say this is dedicated to Robert Forster. May he rest in peace. Cheers. And without further ado, I will say farewell, ladies and gentlemen. I will see you next time. End transmission. <laughs>